Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, it's Melissa Rivers and welcome to Group Text. Stay tuned for a new episode. Hey everyone, welcome to Group Text. You know, sometimes I'm lucky enough to have friends on the show, and today is not one of those days. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, 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 oh no, you didn't. Um, oh, no, you didn't. I, I, today we have Josh Black, real estate. Wow. Maven, one of the stars of Million Dollar Listing, and a dear friend of mine who I'm so lucky to have today. And what's really exciting is Josh and Sabrina have never actually met. No. But they've heard about each other. So this should make it. Yeah, here we are. Josh, I have actual questions that I've never actually asked you. I told you I will not sleep with you. Stop asking me. And and he's not going to name his firstborn Melissa. I told you that. I'll do that, but she's got to pay me. (laughs) Are you drunk already? Yes, actually I am. (laughs) I never know. I never asked you this. How did you start your career? I'll tell you what happened. Originally when I was uh, probably like, six, seven, eight years old, whatever. I wanted to be a talent agent. And Fred Savage said to me, uh, you'll be able to be a great talent agent, whatever. He was really good friends with my sister. And so I said, okay, this is great. That's what I'm going to do. And then I'd say like flash forward, like 10, like maybe when I was 13 or 14 years old, <clears throat> um, my uncle, I think maybe you know him. I don't remember. My uncle, Don DeMosquito, Maybe you. I don't, maybe think, I don't think I know him. Anyway, he was one of the big uh, big wigs at William Morris, and he was before that he was at Sony Pictures. But he told me, "Great, if you want to be in, in the talent agency game, you need to start reading Variety." So my mom got me a subscription for Variety, and come two three months later, there was a stack of Varieties that were this tall that had not been read. They're sitting, and they were just collecting dust. And eventually, my uncle said to me, "He's like, you're not even looking. You're not interested. You're not going to be a talent agent. Like." Come on, move on to something else. And so that's when I thought to myself, okay, well, I love houses. I don't know if it was really sequential in order, but somewhere around by the time I was 15 or maybe around 16, I really started getting into real estate. And I figured, well, you know, I have, I love architecture. I love houses since I was a kid. And, you know, I'm really pretty good with people. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Somewhat on the the spectrum. Um, (laughs) So that's how it all just kind of happened. How old were you when you got your license? Uh, 18. Wow. And do you have license in multiple states? No, hell no. I can barely, you know, do what I'm doing here. I can't go and take on something else. You told me the best story, though, because you have always had this sort of amazing aesthetic, which I appreciate in art and in, you know, truly brilliant furniture and people like Billy Haynes and these amazing furniture makers you told me once that you used to go to friends' houses for sleepovers and rearrange the houses. Yeah. What did you do? 
I'm telling you, like the other kids, like the kids' parents really liked me more than the kids did because I make their parents living rooms look beautiful. I have really good taste. I don't know. <laughs> it just worked out perfectly. You know, I literally have like, I can remember like when I was like six or seven, this girl lived like on the 200 block of Bedford, South of Wilshire. Won't hold that up against her. Anyway, <laughs> South of Wilshire, 200 block. And I remember like redoing the living room in there. It was horrible shit, but I, but the placement was like not good. And so I remember <laughs> placing it differently. And the mom was just thrilled. <laughs> to say the least. And it looked so much better, by the way. It looked even at six. What was your first sale? Do you remember your first sale? Yeah, I do. So my first sale, remember there was a guy named Dennis Woodruff who used to drive around uh, town in this fucking bizarre car and like hand out video DVDs of him acting. He was like a staple. If you Google Dennis Woodruff, you'll remember he used to, whatever. Anyway, I just rang, I rang a bell one day in Beverly Hills and this character comes out of the door and he was, he was just like a guy had no money. He was just always trying to like a drifter trying to make money. He was a, if you looked up his name, you'll know it. You'll get the image. Anyway, and he came up, he was like, he leached onto the owner of this house. Like they became best friends. And he was like, yeah, like, you know, I want to get, give, uh, I'll get you in on the deal. This guy wants to sell the house. If you, um, if you like help me, you know, include me on the deal a little bit, I'll take care of you. I go, fuck, whatever, you know, that's fine. If you can get me the deal. I just rang this doorbell. It was a house that I liked and I thought on a whim they would want to sell it. Anyway, he gave me entree to the guy. I sold the house. That was, I don't know. It was like a six and a half million dollar house. And that was the first house I ever sold. That was when I was 19. Wow. wow. Yeah. Wow. What I don't even, I mean, I, there's so much I don't know about you that it, it, it was funny when I was trying to think of what I wanted to talk to you about. What was your biggest sale to date? You know what? I signed an NDA. I can't say that. So you have to just, a uh, fashion icon, uh, I sold his house uh, for 40 million, but you'd have to look it up. Um, it was Betsy Bloomingdale's house. And you sold, oh, that was, I've been in that house. That was an amazing we both have. house. Yes. You were in it? Yes. yes. At the time, they let blacks in. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> were you on the veranda? <laughs> How did you know, baby? They had been juleps on the veranda. Mm -hmm. That's it. Well, she gave me some of her dishes. What about you? Did you know Betsy or how'd you guys get in the house? My mom. My mom was friends with Betsy and Nancy. And when I came to your house for a dinner party, you showed me furniture that was from the Bloomingdale estate. And I'm like, that looks familiar. I'm like, I'm pretty sure my mom sat in that chair. Yeah, I, yeah that's correct. A hundred percent. I have, I have the uh, largest collection of Billy Haynes now in the world, apparently. So Which is amazing for people who don't know an incredible, incredible, famous decorator and furniture designer. To all the wasps of Los Angeles. Yes. And you have that gaming table I, I want in your front hall. I do have the game table. Yes. 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 Um, you know, I, I'm in a rental and then I sold my house and now I'm in a rental and then I'm buying a new house. What do people need to know right now when they put their home on the market? Um, what do they need to know? I mean, the, the pendulum could go one of two ways. Either there's a huge exodus of, of people out of Los Angeles because of the taxes and they're going to be, and which was, is going to be bad for the real estate market and prices are going to go down. So there's the argument, okay, if you want to sell your house, get out of Dodge right now. The other school of thought, we, it's going to swing one way. The other school of thought is there is just so much money and interest rates are low. 
market's going to keep going up. It could go either way. So I can't really tell you. I, I, you know, nobody knows. Everyone seems to think they know, but the answer is, I would probably stick around and wait and see what happens in the next six months. You'll probably have a better indicator and then make a move, but it's hard to say. When people are selling their house, how important is staging? Because I've been looking at all these houses and you're like, oh, it's staged. It's not staged. It should be staged. Um, how important yeah. is staging? Uh, you need to do it. It's, it's really important. Um, people just can't be visual. And especially if your house is kind of ugly and dated, you got to really put in this like infrastructure into the house to make you, you got to somehow make, you jazz it up. People are not visual. Right. And do, do you find it difficult sometime though, when you're trying to convey that to an, uh, a seller that look, all of your stuff is mm, kind of beautiful. Um, but, but not, not but not, and we really kind of need to make this more palatable. Yeah. That's a nice way of putting it. Um, I'm, tr I'm trying, I'm trying, yeah, I'm trying here. Yeah. I, I have to do the dance sometimes I'll say, sometimes what I'll say is like, if it's really ugly stuff, I'll go, you've got impeccable taste. You and me, we're on the same page here. We just have this really, <laughs> really good eye for design, but other people don't share it. And we need to make this home saleable and we need to appeal to the mass. Like people just want to see blah. They want to see white. They have no vision. You know, people don't understand us. They don't understand our taste. And then they're like, yeah, I know. I so, so we, we need to be ahead of the game here because we know what looks better, but we need to get more money in our pocket. And so we just need to appeal to these idiots that don't have any idea what they're talking about. <laughs> you and you sell that with a straight face. Oh, absolutely. What am I supposed to say? Your house looks like shit. Who was who you with your fucking Victorian furniture? Like what? <laughs> your Victorian furniture? <laughs> you're you're such a love and warm and fuzzy. The worst is what's the my the worst I hate oh god. Like green and green. Oh, I hate uh what's that style? Like green and green. You know, like that look, it's all over Pasadena. Uh craftsman. Ugh. <laughs> so you're not into craftsman houses. Have you ever met someone who either said, I really want a craftsman house or I'm looking for a tutor. <laughs> <laughs> I am in the market for a tutor. A really dark and depressing tutor. <laughs> Yet those houses are out there. But, but they, like Hay Hancock Park, but you settle, like you take what you can get. But like, no one says, I'm going to go. When was the last time you heard someone say, I'm going to build me a tutor. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true <laughs> what who do who do you think uh in terms of designers or architects who's your favorite do you have a specific style well, that you I mean, love Wilson and i are friends with with you know with martin um martin boulard martin lawrence boulard who did my house martin's a friend of ours we we like um I love, I mean, my favorites are probably like Juan Montoya or Stephen Gambrell or, you know, um, Bill Sofield. Those are all really good. You know, Terry Dustbond, uh, Jean-Pierre, uh, what's his name? I don't remember. Are those decorators or architects? These are decorators in terms of architects. You know, like William Hefner's doing our house in Los Angeles. I love William. You mean the house that will never be done? The house that will never be done. Yeah. The house that you're, when I was with you, went, that your business manager yelled at you about in the lobby of the Beverly Hilton. She's just telling all your business. Wait, we what? were in the, we were in the bar at the Beverly Wait, Hilton. In the bar. 
in the bar and your business manager was yelling at you because you had decided to do something else and had to knock something else out. In person or on the phone? No, it was an event and we were in person. It was as he was no, no, going no, was into the- person, Was my business manager there with me? Uh, it was at, at the uh, Holocaust event. No, I know, but was yes, I got it. Was he with us or in the room <laughs> or was he on the telephone yelling no, at me? No, it was out by the valet parking. He was with you. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, what was that? Was a fun Holocaust party, by the way. I know we we'll get back to Holocaust, so we shouldn't call it a Holocaust party. So the house that's never going to be done. What style is it? It was not a Holocaust party. That was a fun Holocaust fundraiser. Fundraising event. Yeah, it was not a party. It was a great event. I knew exactly yes. what you meant, but the trolls won't. So clear the it trolls up. Will not. So no, we are not endorsing the Holocaust because that's where you and I actually met. We met on the red carpet at the uh, fundraiser at the gala for. Museum of Holocaust, L.A. That's right. And a, lo we, a lovely place. Our yep. eyes met on the red carpet and I said, where have you been all my life? Where have you been my whole life? Exactly. So what uh, style is the new house? The new house is actually it's Spanish, which I don't really like, but it just happens to be what it, what we inherited. So, um, uh, but we're going to make it look really good. It's We're in plan check to essentially tear the house down. We decided halfway through just to, we should say we, my husband wants to kill me. I all of a sudden decided to tear it down halfway through uh, construction. So we're just leaving the facade essentially. And then we're doing a 7,000 square foot house. Which is why you got yelled at by your business manager. Yeah. Which is why I continue to get yelled at by my business manager. For so why, what has been, okay. Who is more difficult to deal with? Buyers or sellers? Ah, oh, man. I'm going to say it's, it's 50, 50. It just depends. It's, I would say probably sellers because they have such stupid, like they, uh, they were like, well, I'd like to know feedback today. What did the client say? Tell me what the pro what happened this week. I'm like, nothing happened. We didn't get a fucking call on your house. You want me to call you to tell you that we didn't get a call? Like some people just want to be like handheld. I'm not a good at hand. I'm really not. I mean, it's my fault. Like that's what a good real estate agent should do is call you to tell you what's going on with your house. I don't call people unless I have something to tell them. That makes sense to me. Well, it doesn't make sense to most of my clients. <laughs> what has been your worst experience with a buyer? Um, my worst experience. Because you deal with a lot of high wealth individuals who are can be very difficult to deal with. There's some crazy people out since COVID. It's really weird. Some people have just they've like got. I don't know if this is just like I just got unlucky, but there's been some really weird people I've been working with. Like their tempers, like their fuse level has like gone from here to here. Like you could say one thing and they could go, "I'm never working with you again," and hang up the phone. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Like I don't know. It's really weird. Everybody's on a short fuse. I guess, but I don't know why I'm not. I'm having a great time over here. Uh, me too. Like, me too. I don't understand what the problem is. I get it. Everyone's, on such, everyone's so uptight these days. You think it was a pandemic or something. Mm -hmm. You would think. What's yes. the weirdest request you've ever gotten from someone that they're looking for in a house? I know. I'm making you think. I don't know. It's just that, like the problem is I don't have a great memory. So I'm sure there's a thousand things. I don't know. Like, has anyone asked for like an S&M dungeon or somewhere they could put a dungeon? You get your every once in a while you get you open up a drawer and you you find your, you know, strange dildo or weird sex toy. I've, I've had that a couple of times. But no one's asked you for anything specific like that? Not really. What was it the other day? That, oh, you know, what was weird the other day. I wasn't there to see it. But one of my assistants called me and said that a house we have on Bellagio 
kind of close to where your mom's house was, this buyer just jumped in the pool, like just stripped down and jumped in the pool. And I was like, what? And I called the the buyer's agent. I wasn't upset. I was just more really interested and confused. He's like, yeah, he does this sometimes. I'm like, huh? You couldn't like, warn me? A reoccurring, a reoccurring thing? <laughs> like you don't, can you get your own pool? Like you just have to jump in people's pools. He's like, yeah, he's young and he thinks it's funny. And I'm like, how old is he? He's like 46. I'm like, the fuck? Not funny. Not funny. And like maybe one time, but like, not like, like this is the thing he does. He likes to jump in people's pools. I'm like, okay, it's kind of like not funny after the first, maybe it wasn't even funny the first time. Uh, well, I, I want to know how did you get involved with Million Dollar Listing? Love that show. Love it. I called the network myself. So wait, but don't just make, like, tell us the story. So you heard about the show. What was on for a year. It was kind of a, people don't even remember it was on for a year. It was a show about like 500 agents and they were all like, it wasn't young hustlers or young, interesting characters. It was just, it was more like a documentary of anything. And it was on and I was like, this is really strange. I called up and I said, let me come in and let me have you videotape me at World of Wonder, you know, Randy and Fenton. Which is the production company for those of people who don't know. Exactly. World of Wonder. They make RuPaul's Drag Race and a bunch of different shows. And um, they videotape me. I guess they send it to New York or to Andy Cohen or whatever. And then they said, okay, we're, you're on the cast. And that was it. That was the best call I ever made. How People don't know how much work it is being on a reality show. Yeah. Did you expect that? I don't know what I expected. I was just happy it happened. I mean, it really made you very high profile. Right. And you just, it, it totally showcased that this is all, it's, you're just a natural, like you said, at an early age, you've been doing this. It's what you do. It's in, it's in your, your DNA. Well, it's in my DA, but it's my shtick, I guess. I don't know. How do you convince people to let their houses be on the show? I don't know. It's a good question. Like you, you think people would call me all the time and be like, Hey, I want you to sell my house, but I want to be on the show. They really don't. It's really interesting, I, which is good for me. Cause then you get really serious sellers. But um, if I want them to, I'll just, I can gauge who the person is that would want to be or not. Like I can tell who's not going to want to be on. I won't even ask them. But if they're like, eh, not so much, I'm like, don't worry. And I just shut it off right away. I don't want them to think that like I'm, you know, pitching them. Like I don't, I would never ask that on a listing meeting because that could go the wrong way. And they would think I'm only focused on being on television. I would do it maybe once the papers were signed and were into the deal, like, you know, a, you know, like a day or so in, then I would say, would you like to be featured on the show and we can take it from there. Sometimes I'll ask them ahead of time and, you know. Do you think it increases the value of the house to see it on the show? Do you think people, you know, the perception is maybe it's bigger and better than it is. Does it make it more valuable? I mean, I think it does. I mean, whatever you see on TV is done in real time. Like those listing meetings, all that stuff. They, those are people that call me and say, we would potentially like to, um, have the house on the show. I say, great, let's film this real time. And then we'll film the listing appointment. We'll film the transaction. I don't know if it increases the value though, because generally the house is sold by the time it hits the air. But many times I'll film the house and it won't sell right away. It'll hit air. And then sometimes we'll, we'll get somebody who saw it on TV. So we, so it could potentially look, it can't hurt. How's that? Right. Right. Well, do you feel like your industry is cutthroat? Do I feel like my industry is cut through? Hell yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, these people are animals. <laughs> They're literally animals. You've never seen anything like it in, my, in your life. Yeah, how dirty is real estate? I mean, how hard do so you dirty. have to fight to get a listing? You gotta wait until the body turns cold. If it's warm, actually no, if the body's still even lukewarm, the, the, the broker's ringing the doorbell to sell the house. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. How do you decide a house is the right one for you to represent? Have you ever had to say, no, I know I can't sell this house? Yeah, all the time. If it's just like a tacky house, like that they want way too much money for, and it has no uh, character, you know, not even a question. It's not something I'm interested in. I don't really like, I don't want to take overpriced. Li- I don't care about overpriced listings anymore. People, some people have this theory that like, oh, just take whatever you can. Cause it makes you look like you're, you know, a bigger agent and whatnot. And maybe that's the case, but I don't have, t- I really don't have time to deal with, nor do I want to deal with um, sellers that think their houses are worth so much more than they are, which is probably stupid. Cause maybe I eventually would just get them to do a price reduction down the line and then make the deal. But at the same time, I don't want to like then have to tell them I was wrong and, I don't like, I don't know. I don't know. It's not my thing. Maybe I should get out of this business. No. What do you think the average, I mean, people don't understand like LA real estate and New York real estate are off the hook. What's, what's the average price for a house in Beverly Hills right now? Well, city of Beverly Hills, you're not going to find, well, I don't know. Maybe average is not that high because you have so many different areas. Uh, so maybe it would average to 4 million, but generally like where we sell, your houses are not selling or not are starting at seven and, and going up to whatever. What is seven by you? Frankly, not much. <laughs> <laughs> I know it sounds kind of fucked up, but it's true. And so with the, with the pandemic, you were mentioning about just the inventory and people leaving because of taxes, but you know, some of the realtors I speak with, um, Melissa's actually in general, said that the inventory is not plentiful right now for, you know, certain clients and properties that she's looking for. It's just not there. Are you finding that to be the case also? Yeah, there's not a lot of inventory, but there's also a lot of inventory that's been hanging on for a while. Stuff that's been just price reduced, price reduced, price reduced. A lot of the stupid modern white boxes that started too high and then, you know, they didn't price it appropriately to begin with. So they're just lagging, you know, but I don't know. There's buyers out there for good stuff. What's the hardest part of your job? The hardest part of my job is I don't like pacifying sellers that are unrealistic or that tell me or get aggressive with me and tell me that they know better than I do. I'm not good at that. That's the problem. And I, you know, generally like my assistant will say, just don't try to fight with the guys. Like stop fighting. I, for some reason I get into it and I enjoy it. Like I hate, like there's this one asshole I have right now who literally will just tell me, he's like, I'm not selling it for a penny under $9 million. Okay. Okay, fine. He'll call me a week later and goes, where are the offers? I go, there are no offers. He goes, okay, I need to see some offers and I'm not selling it under $9 million. I go, well, there's no offers. So I can't even have you sell it for under 9 million because there's nothing to even present you. Like he wants to know where the offers are, but he also doesn't want to negotiate. He only wants full price. I'm not understanding the concept here. I, nobody is even offering under what you're asking. And, but you're still telling me you're not going to sell it for under ask. I'm not, get, I don't get it. It's not making any sense to me. And I kind of get aggressive with them. Like, what are you? And he barks at me. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? Like, what do you want me to tell? He's like, I want to see a report of everything, all the advertising you're doing this week. And I go, it's the same advertising it was last week. It hasn't changed. He goes, I want to see it. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to reprint the same thing I printed for you a lot. It's just insane. I don't know. I can't do it. It's, it's probably my fault. Look, you're paying me a lot of money. I should probably uh, give them what they want. Yeah. Well, that's not your nature. I can't imagine you being able to bite your tongue when someone's being That's like that. Because you, I have been in situations with you where perhaps being more diplomatic 
That was not your first instinct. <laughs> Anything that comes to mind? Oh, one or two things. <laughs> it must be quite entertaining. Diplomacy, diplomacy is not your strong suit. No, it's probably not. And I probably, I, I, I just spit it out and like, I take my chances. Either it sticks or it doesn't stick. Most of the time it does, but when it doesn't, it doesn't go over well. Yeah, well, you're well, kind of like, whatever. Yeah, we, we have this saying at the at Melissa's that she doesn't really know about, or maybe she does. Um, she'll say something to me and I'll go, listen, say what you mean and mean what you say. That's it. That's all. What does that mean? So, How would I not know that? You say it all the time. Because you ignore me. I don't ignore <laughs> you. I'm just more diplomatic. Really? I'm, really, I'm, Blanche? You really think I'm not that diplomatic? You try. I try and talk things through with you before I say something to somebody else. And then she gets annoyed. Just say what you mean. Mean what you say. That's and I'm right. like, I'm trying to talk it through with you so it doesn't come off Too many aggressive. words. Women have too many words. Say what the hell you mean. See, this is, you two need to know each other. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Yes, what do you, you mean? do. If someone approaches you and they're just talking and you're like, get to the fucking point. Oh, it up, sister. Come Turn on. it up. Too many words. Shut the hell up. Tell me what you need to say. Speed it up, sister. Come on, She means don't candy coat. Speed it up, Sally. Yeah, she means don't candy coat. I got you. Yeah. But that's part of, that's why our friendship works, because we balance. I'm much nicer than you. The king and the gang. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Um, You love travel. Mm -hmm. And you've done something really wonderful on your Instagram, where you have counted down the top, was it 100? It was like 101, I believe. 101. Favorite hotels and places in the world. Only places I've stayed, though. There might be places that are better, but only that I've actually stayed in. What was your, because I know I participated in in what were my favorites and my mom's favorites. What 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 was it number one? What What is your favorite number one place well, to stay in the world? Well, if you were actively looking at my social media, you would know because it happened yesterday. Well, she wants no, you to you re- share. Wait, excuse me. He, that was the rerun. I don't remember its first run. Oh, okay. I got your number. Um, what is number one? Well, the the top three were. I'll give you the top five. It was. It came down. The George Sink was five. Well, tell people where the George Sink is. Okay, the George Sink is in Paris. It's a legendary hotel. It's been there for you know hundred years plus. But it really became special again. It was really big in the seventies and eighties, whatever. Then people kind of forgot about it in the nineties, and then it reopened in two thousand as a Four Seasons, and it became immediately like everyone went psychotic about it. And really, I mean, also the flowers, like Jeff Letham, who's a florist became famous for doing these flowers that are, you know, the, the, instead of um, going upright in a vase, they go at 90 degree angles. And he became famous for that. And he's a buddy of mine and he's, he's um, very talented. And and so everyone knows the George saying, Oh, the hotel with the flowers, whatever. Anyway, so that, and then it was followed by, I don't know. I mean, the rooms are kind of shitty, but at the end of the day, it really is a magnificent hotel is Villa Dest in Lake Como. I mean, it's just the, the setting is magnificent. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't have had it in the top five just because, you know, it's kind of like you, you put it up there because it's such a grand old hotel, but it really, maybe it shouldn't have even been there. But anyway, that was number four. Then number three is one of my favorites called La Mamunya in Marrakesh. I've never been to Marrakesh and I'm dying to go. You let me know when you're going because I want to go back. Why don't you take me as like a, a, a friendship gift? Okay, no problem. What are you cool. giving me in return? Undying love and support. I'd like one of your mom's paintings. Not happening. 
Okay, number two. <laughs> okay, See? I'll take a Sterling tea set. Number two. Not happening. Number two. You already got, you've already gotten gifts. Fine, you just pay your own airfare and way then. Number two, I do, which I do. I adore them. I have a pair of silver sh- salt and pepper shakers from her. Yes. Um, number two. Number two is Hotel Ducap in the south of France. Which I've eaten lunch at, but never stayed at. Ridiculous. We so always stayed worldly. at the we always stayed at the Creon. Well, that's in Paris, though. No, no, not the, the not Carlton. the Creon. The, um, the Carlton. Carlton. Yeah, the Carlton. Carlton is is not what it used to be. I I like it. My parents like the Carlton better, but I don't. It's great. It was great in its heyday. The Carlton was fabulous. Yes, and Hotel de Cap, you have to pay in cash in advance. I want to know how you do that. Well, you just you know you uh, wire money. No, you pad your shoulder pads, and you just. You flop, put lots of money right, and it gives you nice shoulder pads when you're <laughs> in the boat. Um, what do you do? You just wire the funds ahead of time? Not anymore. It used to be. Now they finally take credit card. But it used to be literally, well, you take either uh, cashier's, not cashier's checks. What were they called? You know. Um, cash Travel checks. Travel checks. Mm-hmm. Uh, essential travel checks or cash. Uh, and or maybe, oh, you know, I think you could do wires. Because they most people do don't want to carry, you know, suitcases filled with cash. Kind of yeah. not safe. Not yeah. just that, it's Cashier's not safe. It's, you got to go through customs. Traveler's checks are wire. That's how it was. Okay. Um, and no number personal, one. And no personal checks, I believe. Um, and number one, well, what would you think? Couldn't you figure it out? It's pretty easy, pretty obvious. Uh, it could have been a couple. Is it the Mandarin Oriental? No. In, no, where? Beverly not, Hills Hotel, your favorite place to eat? No. The what? number. What do you think of when you think of the number one hotel in the world? Jesus, I I don't no, know. There's hotel so, in the world. I I don't know. The Ritz. The Ritz Paris. Yeah. Oh. The Ritz. Now, which one did you propose in? The George Sank. The George Sank, and not to this husband, correct? No, to this the only to husband. this husband, the only husband. Maybe now, she maybe she knows something you don't know. Do but, share, Melissa. Yeah, let's be honest. <laughs> Bobby, your husband is amazing. Super hot. How'd you snag him? I don't know. Good question. Really good question, right? <laughs> How did you guys meet? Oh, we met. We met uh, over the years. We're not, we're not like uh, we didn't like you know go out all the time. You know, like but socially, you know, socially, is it's, saw each other. And then uh, one day, I saw him in a club at, uh, in in Los Angeles, and he said, "Hey, handsome," and I was like, "Oh, wow, shit, okay." And then I got his attention, he got my attention or I got whatever, like we, you know, I, you know, I had him on my radar and then (laughs) I'm trying to remember what happened. Oh, I was saying, I was at a friend's beach house in Malibu and I was staying with them and I wanted to impress Bobby. So I told him to come over to my beach house. It wasn't my beach house. And, um, (laughs) hello, tell him it's your beach house. Obviously. Did you tell your friend you were staying with pretend this is my beach house? I didn't need to. He would have caught on as a as a case. Didn't matter because he didn't come over. So we didn't get that far. So um, and I think he said he knew he was not my not his beach not my beach house. But anyway, that's where it started. And then uh, it went to uh, then it went to a proposal within six months at a, with at the George Sink with a flash mob. Yes, tell a that story. Mob. How tell cute. the story. Yeah, tell I, the story. I, I, oh, I told Bobby that we were going to uh, Paris for a uh, for Fashion Week. I didn't really think I was, I don't know why I didn't think that like, you could just look that up and realize it's not fashion week in Paris, number one. And like, I don't know why I didn't think that would even recur. 
And then, um, so yeah, I said, we're going to a fashion week. It's going to be a Mark Jacobs show at the, at the George Sank. Like, first of all, why would Mark Jacobs be at the George Sank? And it's not even fashion week. And so anyway, so he, I think he, you know, whatever. So anyway, we went there and there's a, a bunch of people in the, down and you can look it up on, the, you can see videos of it, but it's, uh, you see just a bunch of, uh, people like having cocktails before the show, then they start dancing and blah, blah, blah. And you know how it goes, you know, the drill. And that was that. And, but you had your parents there, right? Yeah. You had the whole fam there. Yeah. First and only flash mob ever at first and only and last flash mob ever at the George sink. How did you convince them to let you do it? Honestly, because I had a pretty good relationship with them because I'd been staying there since they reopened in like 99. It's like probably like 2000. And I would go with my grandmother every year in the summer. And I just, I had a good little relationship with the hotel. I don't think they would have let me otherwise. No, you had an amazing relationship with your grandmother. She's been on your show. Yeah. Were you always that close to her? Yeah. Yes, very much. Because she, because she just was, we, we just understood each other. It was like you and your mom, same thing. But you're close to your parents too. Oh, I'm very close to my parents, but it was different. My grandmother, the relationship with it, it was, it was a different kind of a a relationship, you know, uh, with my, especially after my grandfather died, it was just like, we were like partners in crime. Yes, you were. Yeah. Yes, you were. She was fun. She was really spontaneous, which I really liked. Yeah, she was, she, you were a lot like your grandmother. Yeah. And for, that's a little scary that genetically this crazy has passed on. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> exactly. But, but I'm in the same kids, position. I know, right? Your kid's going to be, your kid's pretty normal though. Cooper's very, very normal. I think he's just got all recessive genes. Yeah. What happened? Like He had got- a village. He had a village of women. Yeah. 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 He did. He did. Josh, I love you. I adore you. Thank you so much for doing this. Great meeting you, Josh. Uh, How much am I getting paid for this shit? Nothing. Goodbye. Love you. Bye.